Elite Physique University, your source for all things physique enhancement. Oh yeah, you know what time it is. Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome back to Elite Physique University. John Gorman, your host. We've got Jason Theobald back in the house, fresh off his trip to talk at the PEC. We didn't have him on the last couple episodes. Man, that's the first time that, that you haven't been around for an episode, but it's all good because you're traveling. How are you, man? Um, I'm doing good. Um, after the PEC, um, I was a little tired. Uh, I, I took off today, worked, got a nap in, worked some more. Um, felt pretty good, really, to just kind of chill and not have to rush and, and all that. So that was cool. Um, you know, those weekends are always great, but they're always still um, a lot of moving. Um, you know, every, a lot of people want to train with you. Um, you end up training more often than you normally do. A lot of times I do. Um, so uh, it was good, though. Um, we sold it out, um, you know, with COVID numbers, of course. And um, there was a lot of good feedback on social that obviously we didn't ask for, but people gave. So um, I think it was a good weekend and it was nice to see friends and hang out. And a lot of my clients came. I probably had 15 clients there, a lot that I haven't met before. So, you know, all in all, it was a really good trip, but like any trip, you're kind of glad to be back. I will tell you, Denver, Denver sucks for masks. Me and Denver did not do well. Um, <laughs> got yelled at Chipotle. I got yelled at by an overweight guy on an elevator because I didn't have it on. Um, that didn't go well for him. Um, <laughs> I let him know he probably had diabetes and oh, high God. blood pressure. And he just looked at me cause he knew I was right. Um, but it just doesn't ever pay to, to start on me on dumb shit. Um, you live your life. I'll live mine. So anyways, uh, Denver, I won't miss, um, until they're normal. Um, but the trip was awesome. We're going to start having a camera crew follow you around the life and times of IFBB pro Jason Theobald to see, because man, I'm just laughing because of, you know, not just the mask stuff, but just, just the fun stuff when it comes to traveling and speaking, yep. like obviously what we had happen here in Springfield, that, that would have been fun to, yep. to get on video. And obviously now did you guys go train at Armbrist gym? We did pretty cool place. Uh, lots of unique, interesting equipment that I've never seen or used. Um, you know, but even the gym situation, they have, I guess, inspectors out there in Colorado that come around and make sure these places are following these stupid ass rules. So the gyms have to go around. So I bet I got yelled at five times the first day there about keeping my mask up, but I'm not training in a mask. Like it's coming down wow. when I'm doing my sets. Y'all can kiss my ass. Um, but, you know, when I was walking around, I listened and I put it, I, I, that I just would forget because I don't have to do it in Kentucky. Right. Um, but the gym itself was badass. And I recommend anyone who's, you know, in the Colorado area to go train there. I mean, it was, it was, you know, kick ass. Yeah, I, I've never been there. I've always wanted to go up and check it out. You know, sometimes we'll be about an hour south of there, but I need to check that out. I've, I've heard yeah. it's one of the best bodybuilding gyms in, in the is. nation. It is. It is. And I've been to um you know the 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 east mecca which is uh what it was at uh bad francis i believe yeah um and so now i've been to the west coast mecca uh armbrist um i feel like there's one other i've been to that's oh and i've been to uh, gold's venice um so you know in terms of equipment probably armbrist and 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 uh bevs are the best Venice was just so damn crowded that, you know, it was hard to really get a feel for, but, um, but all three of them are badass. And yes, I'd put it right up there with those other two. Well, speaking of badass gyms in St. Louis, we just got our products in. There's two huge locations called house of pain. And I've kind of talked to you about that. We need to actually get together and do something in that area, like some kind of a bodybuilding seminar, elite physique university seminar. So yeah, they, they started carrying uh, my fat muscle products here just about a week and a half ago. So um, shout out to them. So that's, that's new with me. And then our hormone optimizer is back in stock. I'm going to go ahead and link it here in the show notes because people have been wanting it left and right. And we were talking before the show started, you're asking me how I was doing and I'm sitting here tired as hell. It's because we just relaunched it after being sold out for like, we were out of stock for like four weeks, man. And I was just multiple, multiple emails every day. It's kind of like whenever you run out of cordies, sometimes, you know, it's not often, but sometimes you do and you get it back in you just get flooded with reorders and people oh, yeah. buying. Oh yeah. I was laughing on my post. I said, dude, people are buying optimizer. Like they're stocking up on toilet paper during a pandemic. Like people were buying like five and six of them. I was like, Holy shit. So 
had a massive, massive day. I'm going to try and keep restocked up on that stuff. But uh, you know how it is in the supplement industry is you're growing, you're trying to constantly figure out how much to have in stock. And then all of a sudden you get a bunch of people that want to buy wholesale orders for their, for their brick and mortar locations. And yep. I've got somebody building me a, a system for all that, for the numbers. So it's, uh, it's been fun, man, but it, it's, you know, this presentation or this uh, topic that we're going to talk about, this is something that I've had down on our, on our notes to have oh, since the very beginning. So we just are now getting around to it. You've talked a lot about the thyroid here recently. We've done some podcasts with other people. We've talked about metabolic adaptation. I really wanted to do a deep dive. Um, I'm going to keep most of this in your wheelhouse. I'll have some stuff to kind of add here and there, yep. but this is really your baby. If, 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 if you had to go back, because here's the thing, I understand the thyroid. I understand how, how to look at labs. I understand all that, not at the level you do, but whenever I think about the thyroid, I always thought about it as how much time off is someone spending away from dieting and how much metabolic adaptation are they getting? This is really going to be a deep dive into what the thyroid is, how it works, because dude, it's pretty confusing when someone first starts to hear about it. Is it not? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a complicated little gland. If you think about it, there's a lot of, um, different, you know, conversions and, and hormone releases that, that kind of happen in a stream, you know, in a downline stream that have to happen to finally get you to free T3, which is active thyroid hormone. So, you know, not only is it a little complicated to understand just the processes that can, you know, you need to have, and you can have, you know, problems within those links. Uh, and then the next down downstream uh, conversion just isn't as strong. So it, it's a complicated little gland for, for how small it is. Well, can, can you go ahead and start it off and just let everyone know what the thyroid does? Sure. Um, thyroid, it, you know, it produces hormones that help regulate metabolic function in a really quick, um, you know, nutshell, but that in turn controls, you know, your heart muscles, digestive function, brain development, and even bone maintenance. So, I mean, it does a lot within the body and someone's thinking digestion. Well, yeah, like, you know, if your thyroid's slow, you're not, you're not processing things in, in your stomach as fast. Your body's not needing the nutrients and things are sitting. So, you know, a lot of times you can see a thuggish thyroid lead to then digestive issues. So it all is intertwined. Um, and, you know, it controls a lot of, uh, process well and it's it's all linked together within the body so you know it has its hand in all those things that i just uh talked about heart muscle digestive function brain development and bone maintenance yeah and i think you know there there's these signs and symptoms that people can kind of look for um and whenever you start working with someone new what are some of the signs and symptoms that you're looking for for like whenever it's not performing the way it should yeah so that would be called hypothyroidism and so it's underperforming or sluggish or slowed down um a lot of things that you'll see um you know people will report being cold when others just aren't in a, in a room temperature or outside um, poor digestion, which we touched on, constipation, because everything is slowed down, so things are not processing as fast through the gut. You can see hair falling out, um, and in women, that can be low progesterone too, but you, you, you could see hair shedding. Uh, even muscle weakness, um, joint or muscle pain. Um, sometimes people present with depression or sadness just because of that feeling of sluggishness, you know, kind of feels like you know, the weight of the world on your shoulders. And it's, it's kind of a depressive type feeling, uh, dry skin. You know, if your skin's just constantly dry, especially if you're in a humid, you know, um, area and, and you're always dry skin and you have some of these others, probably, probably have a sluggish thyroid. You want to take a look at it. Brain fog. A lot of my clients will talk about that where you're just kind of in a haze and your brain just isn't working as fast as you feel like it normally does or has in the past. Um, and then, you know, malabsorption of minerals. Uh, again, that's a gut stress situation. And, um, you know, that can be uh, something as well. You know, you talked about um, you're cold when others are not cold. It, it kind of reminds me of, you know, last time I prepped, you know, every time I've done a show, it's always been in the summertime. And I remembered, you know, I'd be down the final, you know, four weeks and I'd just be freezing cold, yeah. like it would be normal for everybody else. And I'd have like a hoodie on. And I know there's people listening, shaking their head, yes, yep. yes, up and down, because they felt that. Um, 
do you feel like that's a normal thing for people to feel that are going to prep that are natural, that are not using any kind of enhancements? Definitely. I mean, even guys and gals on enhancements will feel it. Uh, my final week or two leading into uh, Tampa, I was not sitting there shivering in my house, but I definitely, there's a few nights I threw on a hoodie, you know, the air conditioner just feel, felt very cold to me. And that's very unlike me in the, in the summer, um, even in an air conditioned house. Um, so, you know, you're going to experience some of it no matter what. And I was using Thyro Boost. I'm not a fan of T3 for myself. I don't believe ectomorphs really need it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think everyone in a prep is going to experience it to some level. Yeah. So you talked about, uh, hypothyroidism. Let's talk about the opposite. Let's talk about hyperthyroidism. And, and a lot of people think, oh man, I, I wish, I wish I had hyperthyroidism. I've heard people say that before. I'm like, no, I don't think you understand no. what it is. So if you don't mind, can I explain what hyperthyroidism yes. is? All right. So hyperthyroidism is an overactive thyroid. Um, and yeah, it's not good to have because it makes the heart work harder. And so over time, you're basically putting mileage on your heart you don't need. Um, so you're going to heart palpitations where like it might skip a beat um, or, you know, flutter and kind of speed up, slow down. Um, I know everyone's probably had that when they've consumed too much caffeine in a day, but you'll be getting that from hyperthyroidism. Um, anxiety and jitters. So you're going to feel anxious um, just because you're sped up. Same with the jitters. Unable to sleep well, again, you know, you, you just can't get into that uh, parasympathetic state. Um, losing weight when you're not trying. Um, heat intolerance and increased sweating. So, you know, again, this is the opposite where people are comfortable at a room temperature and you're sitting there saying it's super hot. Now, don't freak out. You know, I mean, I get on a plane and everyone's in a freaking jacket and I'm sitting there in a t-shirt and shorts and I'm dying. But right. I'm not hyperthyroidism. I just have a metabolism and they don't, you know, but, um, you know, it, it, it can be a sign. Uh, you'll have two frequent bowel movements. So, um, you know, they'll probably be loose stools and you'll be going way too often. That means everything's just running through you too fast. So now you're not absorbing everything either. Um, menstrual disturbances in women, um, decreased flow, uh, mental issues. Um, bulging of the eyes if left unchecked for a really long time. And this can be Graves' disease, which is an autoimmunity issue. Um, not always, but it can be. And if, if you get Graves, then you end up hyperthyroid. Um, but again, that stems from leaky gut and different issues within the intestinal wall. Um, and in that case, I'm having someone get gluten out really fast. Um, because uh, that's one of the, the the big players in leaky gut for a lot of people is that gluten starts it. Yeah, man. So let, let's let's talk a little bit about how the thyroid works because there's it, it's kind of like a big like you said it's I don't know if you said this but like a chain or it's kind of looped together and it's all kind of tied together. If you could give someone a kindergarten explanation yeah. for like a simple intro explanation on right. TSH T four T three, so then yeah. people kind of have a snapshot in their mind and then start kind of breaking that down. Yeah, what's that um, like? Um, so you have it actually starts in the brain, so that's why gut can play a huge role on the thyroid. Okay, because you know the gut's always referred to as the second brain, and you got the vagus nerve, and they all communicate. Um, so it starts in the brain. Uh, you've got the hypothalamus. That releases TSH releasing hormone, um, which is actually called TRH. So that gets released and that tells the pituitary still in the brain to release TSH, um, thyroid stimulating hormone. That talks to the thyroid and tells it to release T4. T4 then is what gets converted um, to T3. So as you can see, there's, um, what, four steps there? Yeah. Uh, th at least three. Um, and so, you know, one of the things, your TSH, if the body needs more T4, the, the pituitary is going to produce more TSH. If the body needs less T4, the pituitary is going to produce less TH. So it's a negative feedback loop, like a lot of things in the body when you're dealing with hormones. Um, so a high TSH suggests the body is trying to make more thyroid hormone, but it can't. So TSH is one of those ones you want at like one to two, not 10, you know, you see it right. seven or eight, you're like, Oh, you know, the body's trying, but something's not converting. You've got a converting issue somewhere. It's cranking all this out, but it's not, it's not happening. Um, 
so I mean, I'll stop right there for a second, and we can we can go further. But yeah, uh, so I, I, so then ideally, you know, whenever you look at a range for somebody, do you start off by looking at TSH first, and you seeing what that range is, and do you try to pinpoint the first issue there whenever you're looking at numbers? Um, I do look at TSH, but here's the thing: the medical community puts a lot of weight on TSH and T4. It's really unnerving when you look at labs that are ran by doctors. Um, I guess this is just kind of the old school method and they just haven't really updated it in medical school, but a lot of doctors look at TSH and T4. Now I just told you that T4 has to convert to the active form of T3 and that's what runs the thyroid. Right. So if you just look at TSH, you're not looking at the full picture. I've seen TSHs in three and fours and T4 kind of low, but their, their free T is in a great range because they're very precise at converting T4. So in that case, I might give them like a thyro boost or, you know, some iodine, work on stress to try to get TSH down. But I'm not, you know, screaming, oh, God, we need thyroid meds and all those different things like that because you just don't. So I really feel like, you know, you've got to at least get down to that free T3. And I usually look at TSH, free T4, free T3. Um, and then there's a few others we can get into uh, in a minute. But, yeah, I don't stop at TSH by any means. Right. So say, say someone has a TSH of 2.9, which, you know, most people think, okay, that's, that's a little sluggish. Um, Their, their T4 is okay. Their T3 is okay. Yep. Are you concerned with that TSH number? If, if their free T3 at the end is, is in a good range? If their free T3 is in a good range, no, I'm not really concerned with that. Yep. That's, that's just something I wanted to kind of point out because a lot of people, you know, they hear TSH and they hear these ranges and they automatically don't look down the line to the ultimate right. conversion to T3. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, vitamins and minerals that are needed to help support the thyroid because, you know, that stuff's super important. I remember back when you and I first met, you had a, uh, a message board called, was it Physique Talk back in the day? Yes. Yeah, back in the message board days. And we talked a lot on there. Um about iodine and kelp and stuff like that, but there's a whole host of vitamins and minerals. If you don't mind, just kind of chime in on the ones that that you feel are important, but let's start with iodine and help people understand that. Yeah. So iodine is actually the most essential element in thyroid function. Um, It's needed to make T3 and T4. So if you're low in iodine right away, you're going to have a major issue. Um, you know, most table salt has iodine in it. Um, a lot of times you're going to see deficiencies in other countries, but you could have deficiencies in people who have poor digestion. You know, if you have SIBO, you might not be digesting the minerals properly and you get, you know, this type of deficiency. Um, but iodine's the most important, in my opinion. Um, and like you said, you could get it from kelp. You can get it from sea salt that's, you know, fortified with iodine. Most of our salt that's already in our foods is fortified with it. But when I have per, when I have an it, when I have a client who has gut issues, I always make sure they get sea salt with iodine, um, even though it's supposed to be fortified in our other foods, because they might not be absorbing properly. And I got to get that thyroid cranking in order for me to um, be able to feed them up without getting fat. So iodine is really important. Have you heard of people overdoing the iodine and having you can you can do it make yourself hyperthyroid for sure. I remember yeah, I, had I heard. cranking kelp down like it was candy, and we took labs, and his free T three was above uh, normal. Yeah, so it's definitely one of those ones. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. sure if he was some- having diarrhea, uh, you know, constantly hot uh, jitters, and I'm like, I think you've made yourself hyper, and sure enough, he had. So we just backed it down um, and that was fine. Like you don't need a ton of iodine. Um, 50 micrograms will support the production of thyroid hormone. Now you probably need more for all body processes, but I'm just saying if you're getting enough and you really just need to crank on the, on the thyroid a little bit, 50 micrograms uh, per day will do it um, with, an, with enough iodine. You know, another good one that a lot of people don't understand a lot of, and you know, guys, we're going to get pretty way off into the weeds here and do a deep dive on this. And, and I think everybody should understand all these vitamins and minerals. What about selenium? What, what do people need to know about selenium and why is that important? Yeah. So selenium is an antioxidant um, within the body. So what that means is it helps clean up and remove free radicals. Um, and these free radicals are created during the generation of thyroid hormone. So a conversion of T4 to T3, there is going to be 
free radicals and things that need to be cleaned up. And so selenium comes in like a dump truck, cleans this stuff up, cleans up the thyroid and it, you know, and it extends thyroid life, prevents premature aging and protects the gland. So if you're, if you're low in selenium, you're going to eventually have a thyroid gland that is not getting, you know, cleansed and then can prematurely age and slow down. And so then you would add up, you would end up on meds later in life um, from that issue. Um, so in selenium, um, we need about 50 to 100 micrograms is pretty standard supplement dosing. You can check your multivitamin. Um, we'll talk about thyroid boost in a bit, but you can check your, th your, your multi and see if you're getting enough selenium. Um, there's other ways that we can get it supplemental wise. If you're, if you've got a healthy digestive tract and you're eating a, you know, a pretty healthy bodybuilding diet, you should be getting these types of minerals, but it's when, you know, we have kind of repleted our food, you know, it's, they're not the, they're not as good quality as it used to be from the soil and everything else. And then you got a lot of people running around with digestion issues and absorption issues. So selenium, really important. Um, I would rank it up there, you know, probably with taurine and, um, and, uh, and, and iodine in terms of really important. What about vitamin tyrosine? I'm sorry, not tire, not, not, um, Sorry. Yeah, we're, we're going to get, I've got that one on my list. I was going to throw that out one out to you right before that though. I've got vitamin D there's, there's a yeah. reason why I carry that and I have a vitamin D product. Um, it's very, very important. What have you seen when it comes to people with, um, hypothyroidism and vitamin yeah. D levels? Yeah. And what do you recommend? So there was a study done, um, 2013 international journal of health and sciences. They looked at 30 people with, um, hypothyroidism. And they all have significantly lower vitamin D levels than those without. So that's, you know, it's, it's only 30 people, but it, every one of them had significantly lower vitamin D levels. So, you know, that tells you that vitamin D plays a very big role potentially in hypothyroidism. Um, now, there's another 2018 study, um, Indian Journal of Endocrinology and Meta Metabolism, and they found that vitamin D supplementation improved TSH of those with hyperthyroidism, um, along with improving thyroid antibodies and those with autoimmunity issues. So autoimmunity issues would either be Hashi's, um, which attacks the thyroid gland and can ruin it over time and causes it to slow down, or Graves, which attacks it and causes it to speed up. Either one takes about five years to start to see the ramifications of them. So with labs, you can catch them early. Um, but yeah, uh, vitamin D, super easy to take. Uh, I recommend 5,000 IUs a day. Uh, add, get the ones with K, uh, vitamin D with K is my opinion. It'll repeat K if, if you don't. Um, and that'll, that'll help not only a slew of other metabolic processes in the body, but it'll help thyroid. Yeah, I mean, it's it's super important all the way around for bone health and immunity uh, protection and things like that. And that, like I said, that's why I carry it on my site, Fat Muscle. It's 5,000 I use for one caplet, super easy. It's 25 bucks and it'll last you like three months. So, and it's it's high grade stuff. So it's, it's something a lot of people don't take. Uh, whenever they look at labs, I see a lot of people that come into me in the 30s. Um, I try and get them up to at least 50 to 60 and yeah. I've used yeah. this supplement multiple times to get people up. And a lot of people say, well, there's some in my, in my multi, but it's like 500 in there. Yeah. Like you're talking about 5,000 a day. 5, that, that's what I recommend. And yeah. I've looked at a lot of labs of people and I've seen a lot of people come back in the 20 and thirties and yeah. under 32, I think is when you get marked low. Don't quote me on that. It's somewhere around there. You can read the labs it super easy. Um, but it usually takes 5,000 just to get someone from the twenties and thirties to to 60 and that's middle of the road. The ranges usually go up to 120. Um, so technically speaking, a lot of people who are, you know, replete of vitamin D, especially in the twenties and 30 ranges could do 10,000. Um, but I feel safer at five. And, and I was always taught once you get into the sixties, it's doing what you need. So yeah. I usually say 5,000 IU with K uh, vitamin D and then with K and, and you're good to go. Yeah. Let's talk about the amino acid tyrosine. Why is that important with T3 and T4? Well, so tyrosine is an amino acid, and this combines with iodine, which is a mineral. And together, they help create T3 and T4. So if you have a deficit in this amino, 
and you're, you're rocking along, you have good iodine, you're still going to have an issue and a deficit in producing uh, proper thyroid hormones, T3 and T4. So not only do you need iodine, you've got to have tyrosine. Um, it's, a, it's a special amino acid for, for helping here in terms of thyroid health. Um, 50 milligrams per day, per day will suffice. Um, and this is another one that like, you know, if you're eating meat in your diet, you're getting a nice amount of aminos, you should be good. But again, we see people that have gut issues and their, their gut health is not good. Um, and so, you know, to get the thyroid rocking before we can fix gut, cause that usually takes months. Um, we might have to supplement with some of these things to get the thyroid cranking so we can feed people up. So it's good to have this knowledge of what you need to try to get extra in at first to get the thyroid cranking. And so tyrosine is really important with iodine. You know, you talk about gut health, you know, we'll, we'll kind of pause here for just a second and then we'll get into zinc and, and its role. But you talk a lot about gut health and it's not just people that have diarrhea and stuff like that. There's a lot of people, you know, especially in the bodybuilding community that are pounding three, 400 grams of protein a day for guys or women, you know, 225 grams a day that we see, and they're just having malabsorption issues. Is, is that something that you still feel like is, is pretty rampant in our sport with super, super high protein and then other gut health issues that, that are causing them to have malabsorption and issues with all these things we're talking about? I think it's still an issue. I think that people are more aware now though than ever, um, even bodybuilders, um, at least the ones who put time in studying. I think there's still plenty of gym rats who think they need to eat 10 ounces of meat every meal. And even though they stink to high hell and they're shitting everywhere, um, that that's just how you do it. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think anytime you're gassy mess and constipated, you've got issues where things aren't absorbing um, and they're just sitting and fermenting and, you know, potentially causing SIBO issues and all these different things. So um, yeah, I think it's still an issue. Um, and so that's why I always kind of go back to gut. Now there are plenty of bodybuilders who can eat, you know, 6,000 calories. They take some enzymes and, you know, they, they take their insulin and, and growth and, you know, they can process it and you know, their thyroids are totally fine, but you know, they're, they're using extra help to get that food processed. Um, you know, I think a guy who's natural pounding 6,000 calories yeah. probably would have the worst time in terms of this type of situation because, you know, they're running on what, maybe five, 600 nanograms per deciliter of testosterone, which is just a, you know, middle of the road range and trying right. to eat all this food. And it's just, their body doesn't need it and can't process it. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. Uh, let's go ahead and pick back up with zinc. Why, why is zinc important? All right. Uh, so it's involved in making TSH. Um, it's also, needed for the conversion of T4 to T3. And again, remember T3 is the active thyroid hormone that actually controls the thyroid, um, you know, up or down in terms of uh, metabolic function. Um, so it's involved in making TSH and conversion of T4 to T3. So, you know, you could see a problem with conversion or making hormone with this being deficient. Um, one way to know if someone's low in zinc, look at their alkaline phosphatase on labs. If that comes back low or marked low, you can almost know they need magnesium and zinc in their diet. And that alone is going to start their thyroid back up a little better. Um, two milligrams a day just for thyroid health will suffice to help these processes. Now we need zinc for other areas of the body. So I'm not saying only two milligrams. Um, but just for the thyroid to process, that's about what, what you need. What about magnesium? I, I know that a lot of people, they understand its role in helping with muscle contraction. It can help with sleep depending on the type. Um, there's all kinds of different roles that it plays. What's it, what's it do with the thyroid though? Yeah. So a couple things here. So it's necessary to convert inactive T4 into active T3. So, um, you know, that's your free T3. And so again, this is another T4 to T3 converter, um, helping the conversion. Um, deficiency can also cause enlarged thyroids or goiters, which also can be caused from iodine deficiency. Um, you know, and as little as 20 milligrams will help, um, but you can take a thousand gram, a uh, thousand milligrams safely, especially if you're dealing with like constipation issues. And that would be more of the magnesium citrate 
Um, if you're not dealing with constipation, I would recommend magnesium glycinate uh, if you're trying to help uh, a thyroid. Or And so I told you earlier, alkaline phosphatase on labs, if that comes back low um, or towards the bottom range, magnesium and zinc a lot of times are needed. And so I bet if you go look at their thyroid, their T3, maybe it won't be marked low, but it will be on the low end. Like free T3 will be somewhere in the twos. Uh, and the top end is 4.4, I believe, for free T3. We go over it in a bit here. Um, but that is what magnesium can do for you in terms of uh, thyroid. Yeah, um, we got another one here on the list, and then we'll start getting into some more some more things to talk about. Vitamin A, this, this is an interesting one. Um, you recently kind of helped me when it, whenever it comes to eyesight and macular degeneration. I had that show up on 23andMe. Um, some people might see beta carotene pop up whenever they search for vitamin A, but you know, there's all kinds of things that vitamin A does when it helps with your eyes and, and others, what's it do with the thyroid though? So in the thyroid, what it does is if you have a deficiency of vitamin A, you will have an increase of pituitary gland synthesis, meaning it's going to crank out TSH hard, which over time can basically cause the thyroid to become overworked, enlarged. And just like any gland that when you're pumping out too much hormone over time, it'll, it'll do the opposite and finally start just trickling it out and kind of crap out. Um, and then if you have TSH, you know, low or deficient, good luck trying to make enough T4 and T3, right? So 600 micrograms will suffice here. Um, and you might find most of that in a multi, maybe close. Um, but, uh, we also have in our thyroid boost, but yeah, that's, that's what a deficiency in vitamin A can cause too much TSH to be cranked out. All right, man. So I've heard you say this multiple times at our last seminar, I was kind of eavesdropping. You were talking to a group of people about the thyroid and you said, you know, thyroid issues are usually the symptom not the cause explain to people what you mean whenever you say that because i think that's a pretty significant thing to say yeah so what i mean by that is you know a lot of times people will see you know issues on labs and they think right away well let's treat the thyroid with you know t3 or, or some sort of thyroid medication and because the thyroid you know starts in the in the brain you know with the uh, TSH releasing hormone and then the TSH coming from the pituitary, a lot of times you're looking at a gut issue, you know, like we just went over all the deficiencies and minerals that can cause issues and, in, in, uh, aminos. Right. And so a lot of times you're looking at a gut issue, um, digestion, malabsorption, SIBO, um, all, you know, infl inflammatory problems, uh, IBS, all those different things. And so that causes malabsorption and now you don't have all the vitamins and minerals you need for conversion and to make thyroid hormone. You know, also the stomach uh, is known as a second brain. It, it converses uh, with, with, the, with the brain, um, vagus nerve connection and all that. So, you know, a lot of times you're looking at a gut issue in the athletes that we deal with. I'm not saying that there aren't times where genetics are at play on certain individuals who don't train and it's strict, strictly, you know, their thyroid, but just look at a lot of the autoimmunity issues, you know, Hashimoto's is a, an issue um, that, that starts with the gut leaky gut to be in, to be clearer. And you've got uh, a lot of uh, impurities that should stay within the gut that actually start to leak out because the tight junctions aren't tight together and so that spells the body to basically start attacking the thyroid gland. Um, and, you know, that's what happens in autoimmunity issues. The body senses it as an invader and attacks it. And the thing is, we're seeing a lot more Hashis, but it takes five years for really the damage to kick in. So that's why it's important to look at labs, um, especially as physique athletes, especially if you know you have gluten intolerances, get it out of your diet. That it causes those tight junctions to open up. Uh, from a protein called zonulin and gluten is really the only thing that can kind of express it. And so, you know, a lot of times that's what you're looking at in the people that we deal with. Um, so yeah, that's how you explain that. Let's, let's get to me, to me, this is kind of the fun part. I want to save it towards the end, towards the end, because I knew if we just cover it in the beginning, 
people will probably tune out afterwards. So let's talk about the labs to run. So I know we've got people that are listening that are sitting down with their yep. labs right now, looking at their TSA, yep. their T4, their T3 numbers. Um, let's talk about labs to run and, and kind of start that off with TSH. Sure. On down the line. Yeah. So TSH is your thyroid stimulating hormone, as we talked about, right? And it comes from the pituitary. Um, and remember the hypothalamus releases TRH that tells the pituitary to make TSH and the TSH then tells the thyroid to make T4 and T4 has to convert to active T3. So TSH, uh, again, labs are going to vary. So I, I'm going to give you ranges, but if your ranges aren't exact, that's okay. Lab core is different from Quest and et cetera, et cetera. Right. But the one that I used was LabCorp and it was 0.45 to 4.5 UIU per milliliter. Okay. I like between one and two and most practitioners do as well. Okay. Um, But as we talked about earlier in this episode, just because you're at 2.9 or 3.2, don't freak out. You can know that, yeah, it's a little high, meaning it's working a little harder to produce T4 and T3, but let's see where you're at. Um, free T4, uh, this lab was 0.82 to 1.72, uh, nanograms per deciliter. And I like that to be to the middle or to the high end. So anywhere from, you know, 1.1 up to 1.7 would be awesome for me. Anything under 1.1, I'm going to start saying, eh, you don't, you know, you're not, you're not optimized with free T4, but let's see how you're doing with your free T3. Maybe you're a very efficient converter. Free T3 values, uh, 2.0 to 4.4 picogram per deciliter. Okay. And I want that at least in the middle or up to 4.4. So I I like to see like 3.3, 3.2 up to the 4.4 range. I don't want this to be 4.7, 4.8, 5. You're hyper. Um, Whatever you're doing, back it down. Again, hyperthyroid is hard on the heart. You're probably going to have more loose stools. And if it's hard on the heart, um, that's going to take, you know, put mileage on it and, and you know, you're going to burn out the heart quicker. So I don't like someone to live in a hyperthyroid state um, in, in, inevitably. Let, um, me, let me let me pause this here for a second. And I, I've got some questions that I want to ask you uh, to cover kind of the assisted side of the sport. Yeah. Um, because as we both know, there's there's people that will take T3 during a prep. Yep. There's people I've even, yep. you know, some people will take T4. Let's kind of talk about that for just a minute, if, if sure. you don't mind, back to the labs. Um, I guess kind of the one that we don't see often is, is people actually taking T4. When is that something that someone um, would consider? And is that something yeah. that any of your athletes do? I mean, we'll talk about T3 yeah. after, but what about t- taking T4? I don't use T4. Uh, I don't see people using it much anymore. Um, I believe there was something circulating around back in the day that said, if you use GH, you need, it repletes T4 and you need to use T4, but I'm pretty sure that was debunked. I don't see many people using free T using T4. Um, I think the theory behind it was, was that your body still has to convert it. And so you're not shutting down T3 as harsh. That makes sense. So you're still forcing the body to go through a conversion. Just so people know, when you take exogenous T4, so let's say you take 100 micrograms, you're only going to get probably 33% of that into T3. So it'd be like taking 33 micrograms of T3. So, you know, a standard dosing, a lot of people start their T3 at 25 micrograms. So if you wanted to use T4 and make the body still convert, I would start around 100 micrograms. So the question, I think a lot of people are wondering, why not just take the powerhouse? Why not just take T3, right? That's what I do with my athletes if they really need it. So, so talk about um, kind of what that, what that looks like, a, a normal dosing, and then when does that – I guess if we kind of segue into this for a few minutes, um, you know, you talked about most people start off with 25 micrograms and they'll, they'll scale up. You know, I've heard of a lot of people taking all the way up to 100 towards the end of a prep. Um, What's that look like? And what about scaling back off of that? I know a lot of people stop cold Turkey. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not a huge fan of T3 at all. You know, there was a lot of literature, not a lot, but there was a, there was a, there was a study done and maybe you can find it on Google scholar. I don't have the citation for it, but 
it basically said that it looked at people who had used T3 for a period of five years. And when they came off, it said their thyroid returned to where it was prior. But I'll tell you, that's not been my experience. I get a lot of people from coaches um, that were on 100 micrograms, 125 micrograms T3, all the way up to 200 micrograms. And their thyroid is in the shitter. Um, So I'm not a big fan of using it at all to be honest with you. If I use it, I will start someone. And a lot of times it's women. I'll try to get them to the four week out point and then maybe put in 12.5 micrograms and see if that'll push the scales in our direction. And a lot of time this is for, you know, elite women's physique where they need to have, you know, boxed in glutes and, you know, striated delts and, you know, tight, tight abs. I'm not using this as much for many of my athletes because I've seen the ramifications in lab values. Um, but I've seen coaches argue, oh, you know, there's that study in the five years and people came off, you know, it returned to the, to, to the prior values. Well, I'm not seeing that, especially with all the other problems and over being over dieted and pushed hard. So again, I wouldn't start off prep with it. If you're going to use it, use it as a tool the last four weeks. Um, I'd rather see you suffer, do more cardio, and then maybe put it in at 12.5 micrograms to 25 the last four weeks. Uh, just to get that those final stubborn areas. Off. Yeah. So for for anyone listening that that is using quite a bit, maybe they're using a hundred micrograms a day towards the end. Do you recommend just scaling that back and maybe dropping it twenty five a week? You know, and then so, from seventy five to fifty to twenty five. I've heard that it is a type of T three is a type of substance that kind of because of its half life, kind of titrates itself. So in other words, you could just stop cold turkey and the way the half-lives work, you know, the next day will be like being on 75 and then the next day will be like on 60 and the next day will be like on 40. But I still would titrate it back. You know, I would do the first week, cut it to 50. Um, second week, cut it to 25. Third week, maybe 12.5. And then I would throw in our thyroid boost at one or two caps to bridge the gap and then leave that maybe for three or four weeks and bring that down to one, leave that for maybe four more weeks and see how you're doing in your off season and then look at labs and maybe pull it, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, man. I know we got off track just a little bit, but I I know there's people out there wondering. No, I'm sure people liked that info and wanted it. Um, Let's talk about, go go ahead. ahead. I was just going to ask you about reverse T3. We've talked about that. Yep. First times on the show, but it is going to show up on labs. If people request it, I can't tell you how many people I have, get their labs and I put it on there um, to get this checked and they come back and it's not checked. Um, so I see people, a lot of times the doctors don't put it on there. Uh, what, what, are you, what are you looking for on reverse T3? So basically here's what reverse T3 is. It's unusable form of T3. And during times of intense stress, your body and some people genetically prone will go ahead and slow the body down by making reverse T3. And, you know, so if you're stuck in a sympathetic state, the body's like, okay, well, if you're not going to rest, I'm going to, I'm going to pull you back for us and try to get you into more parasympathetic. And it does that by robbing uh, the conversion of T4 to free T3. Instead, it becomes reverse. And so it's unusable. So it's doing nothing for you. Um, Basically, you'll look at labs and the values 9.2 to 24.1 nanograms per deciliter. If, it, if this is under 16, um, I just, I'm good. I'm good with it. Um, a lot of people's will come back at 10, nine. It's all fine. You get over 16. I start to watch it. If you're high, I'm going to really tell you about the fact that your body's stuck in sympathetic state. It's doing everything it can to slow it down. Um, and we probably should address it and, you know, de-stress and, and work on it. Um, maybe some thyroid boost support with minerals and de-stress, um, train less, um, if they're on gear, pull it down and get it out. Just all these different things that cause stress to the body, get it down, get it less, more meditation, make sure the gut's right, make sure they're sleeping right, make sure they're pooping right, all those things. And, you know, I worry about it if it's over 16. Um, I've had people in prep and it's over 16 and, you know, uh, we just keep going because that's what they want to do, but at least they understand where they're at with that. And, um, then we worry about it after, after prep. Um, but if someone's not in prep and this comes back and it's over 16, um, a lot of times it's over 16, you know, I might just support with thyroid boost and maybe try to get on meditating, um, 
if that's not bringing it down, then, then we got to pull training back and, and pull cardio back and do everything that we got to do to get it down. If it's over 24, then I'm definitely doing all those things. Yeah. Um, I, I know personally that the thing that I've, uh, I've had this happen probably half a dozen times in the last year, the best way of is concentrating on people's sleep, um, having them take some core, if they're in prep, like, and they can't pull back, obviously, you know, it's towards the end, definitely a, a nice sleep aid, Cordy's and thyroid boost and it's helped at least get that number down to something manageable i've had numerous people 20 or over um during prep i'm like fuck here we go so that that's been a that's been a, a protocol that works for me when i can't when i don't have the time for them to scale back um, yeah because basically thyroid boost still has some glandulars in it that have a little bit of uh free t3 um and t4 in it so that that'll help you know get those numbers up a bit um, while it's being robbed, uh, into reverse, and then you can fix it once you, um, kind of get into prep. You obviously could use legit T3, uh, you know, prescription type as well to bridge that gap. And that's what a lot of people do, but then it's still something post prep that you're going to want to deal with and get that stress down. Yeah. And I do want to get to thyroid boost. I've got some glandular questions that I know people are, are wanting answered, but before that, let's, let's cover one more thing the thyroid antibodies that people will see on their blood work. Yeah, the TPOB, TPOAB, this is a good one to look at um, for Hashi's and to see if, you know, you have autoimmunity issues. Um, basically, I like it not to be marked high. So anything under 35 on this lab, um, UI per milliliter, anything under 35 is going to be not marked high. Um but, you know, if, if it's getting near 35, I'm going to start thinking leaky gut and maybe address it. If it's, you know, 60, 70, 100, I'm going to do some things for leaky gut. You know, I use zinc carnosine. That helps close up the tight junctions, 75 mg twice a day. I use glutamine heavily. It's cheap, 20 grams. Uh, aloe vera juice will coat the stomach and close up those tight junctions. I see if they're eating gluten. I see if, you know, they're doing a lot of dairy, pull all that out. They shouldn't be drinking alcohol, but if they do, you get that out. Basically, you got lower inflammation and fix the gut lining. Um, so, you know, I do watch TPOB, pretty, AB pretty close. You were seeing more and more Hashi's cases by the day. So this, this to me is, is the exciting part too, because there's a reason why I carry your thyroid boost product by new ethics. Um, I carry multiple of your products and sell them on my site, but this is interesting because of, you know, all the minerals and stuff that we talked about, but you developed this blend and you, you developed it and explain to people why you built it this way to kind of fix some of these issues and then explain what glandulars are. So people understand that. Okay. So a lot of the min, well, the minerals that we went over today are in ThyroBoost, um, in proper dosing to support, you know, the making of TSH, the conversion of T4 to T3, all those things. So you don't have to go and buy those separate bottles. Um, you know, you know, if you have a client on a budget, I get it. Try to get their iodine up, you know, try to maybe get them on a multi and take extra if you can. But the one thing they won't have is the glandulars and the glandulars, <laughs> are basically, you know, glands of, of thyroid. And what they contain is T3 and T4, active T3 and T4. But here's the thing, the FDA has said, if you test the glandulars and write it down on the label and the amount of T3 and T4, then it's a prescription product. All you can do is list the glandulars. And we get out, we source ours, from the one country that we know makes the best glandulars and we won't accept anything else and our manufacturer knows that. And so that's really important. There's only one country that we feel produces these properly. Um, and so that's why our product works really damn good. Yeah. You know, it's something that, you know, I personally take two of them a day. I don't yeah, have too. the best metabolism. I don't have the yeah. best functioning thyroid. I take two a day. And then the other thing too is, you know, I, a couple of years ago or a year ago, I heard you talk about uh, possibly taking extra during a, a free meal. And yeah. I swear to God, I feel less bloat. Um, yep. I don't feel as backed up. 
what do you what do you think i mean should somebody throw that in i mean it's definitely not gonna yeah hurt, but yeah i, I mean bad. you know now obviously if you're cheating every day and now you're just gonna be on three of them when you're when you're you only need two that's not a good idea because you could make yourself hyper but you know right i do it i went and took the boys to mexican last night um i did fajitas no oil but it just it just sat heavy on me. I've been pushing food as it is anyways. And we had some ice cream after. So I came home and took one to move it through. Woke up this morning hungry. So, you know, I do that occasionally because again, we talked about what does thyroid do? It fuels metabolism and that helps run digestion and process food through you easier. So it is a strategy. Just don't be like, oh, well, I'm just going to cheat every day. And then I'm going to start using three, four, five, six thyroid boosts, you know, because you could make yourself hyper. But here and there for cheat meals, um, yeah, it's a good strategy, and I still use it. Yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and link that in the show notes, guys, where you can get it off Jason's site. Um, I'll, I'll link it. A, I'll link it there. I carry it as well, but it's best just to go there and grab it. Um, one of those products I just think everybody should should keep in that needs it. Um, so after listening to this episode, hopefully you guys have a little bit better understanding of of how the thyroid works. And Jason, we are still having our, our contest here. We're going to give away some Fat Muscle Project supplements. All I need you guys to do is go in and leave a review, screenshot that, and tag us on Instagram stories. That way we see it. And we're trying to get up over 400 reviews so we can beat, well, we're already beating Mr. Jeff Black over there who's pissed off that he keeps saying on your other, that I'm going to call it the other show. He keeps saying on the other show, I can't stand Gorman having more more reviews. So, uh, <laughs> we're going to keep this, we're going to keep the hammer down because the excellence cartel is starting to make some headway. So we've got to keep more reviews in them. So just tag us. We'll keep track of all that stuff and we'll start giving out some pretty, pretty good supplements to you guys. I'm going to hook you up once we get over 400 reviews. Um, Jason, is there anything else that you thought of that maybe we could kind of add to this? I think we covered everything from the assistant mm. side to what to look at on labs and kind of how it works. Um, I don't think so. You know, I mean, if, if people have a lot of questions on this, we can maybe have another episode, but I mean, I think we gave them a pretty succinct, um, easy to follow little, uh, game plan here. So, yeah, you know what, man, I think our next episode, matter of fact, is probably going to be an ask us anything. So all this kind of capture, if you guys have questions, just send them to me. My email is in the show notes or you send them to Instagram. doesn't matter. I'll kind of capture all those and, and yeah. we'll try and, and put them all together and do like a part one, part two, ask us anything. We have a massive amount of questions I've had built up. So our next two episodes are going to be pretty good Q and A's. I don't know, man. Those are always the fun ones to me. Yeah, they are. Q and A. Um, so yeah, man, I know you've got, uh, you've got some plans tonight and you've yes. got more work and so do I. So we're going to go ahead and get off here. Appreciate you guys tuning in for myself and Jason. We're out of here. Thanks guys. Yeah.